Hey everybody, The Con Artist here. We're here to talk about our rolling review choice for the fall 2020. And that was Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena. Uh, so this show is kind of like Aquino's journey, except with a witch named Elena. She uh, studies for a witch exam, becomes a full-fledged witch, and then it's just a series of vignettes of her little adventures going around traveling uh, this fantastical world she inhabits and the people she meets there. That's really the crux of it. So, man, we have a lot to say about the show, but let's start with the the pros, the things we liked. Uh, so what did you guys like about the show? Yeah, sort of, sort of slim as the pros are, there were some of them. Uh, I mean, I thought the animation was really quite nice, like particularly in action scenes, and then they really ramped it up like it looked good. The backgrounds were also really quite pretty. So I will I will give them some of that. I'll agree uh, on that one. Yeah. yeah, the show definitely had high production value. Definitely. The theme song, the opening theme song, like pretty good. Like hmm. decent beat, good energy. I liked it quite a bit. I liked the ender uh, a lot better because it had that really pretty like waltz, sped up waltz uh, to it. I wrote all about it in my episode. Which one was I? Four? Something like nice, that. Nice, nice. I wrote all about it in, in my episode. The one with Mira Rose. I, I spewed all about that, how much I really liked. I think that was for um, how cool the music was for that one. Mm. And also, you know, I think we have mostly agreed, perhaps the reason why we picked the show is that it has a truly good, even great first episode and a reasonably solid second episode. Uh, you think so? lured us in. Definitely, yeah. I, I mean, we watched Ep 1, and I know, Scott, when you and I chatted, we were like, um... 100% yes. Like, this is going to be it. I thought I heard a dissenting right. opinion from Brendan there in the background. First, first episode was weird. Oh, like, yeah. do tell. I, I don't know. It, the whole, the whole uh, end state of it, where, where um, Fran reveals the con, just came out of friggin' nowhere for me. I, I was kind of hoping for it to uh, be like, join the dark side kind of thing like i've <laughs> I've ramped you up like feel your anger like <laughs> become my apprentice like join the sith that sort of thing but and then it was just like oh we're it's okay for reals and then it was like, oh okay that was odd and then i don't i really didn't appreciate the second episode very much with, with the like the introduction of saya who it just immediately like latches onto the main character for no readily apparent reason only because she's and, the protagonist yeah, Apparently. I'll agree with that. Brendan, nobody appreciates the show post episode one. Don't worry. <laughs> we're all we're all together, I think, for that. So I think we pretty much ran out the list of pros oh, pretty fast there, didn't we? I mean, actually it's it's interesting that you say about the weirdness in episode one. I did want to touch on that a bit. Uh an observation someone else had made that I kinda liked was so ostensibly right, Fran is kinda like beats her up to be like, you should learn humility, right? Like your, your mom wants you to learn humility because you're a little bit arrogant. Uh, but at the end of, of the sequence, she says, okay, good. The thing you should have learned is that it's okay to say no, basically. Like, it's okay not to get involved if you don't want to. It's okay to refuse things you don't want to do. Those are both good lessons, but they're, like, not the same. Like, it feels almost like Fran didn't really deliver on what was asked. <laughs> I mean... Uh, like. Based on her behavior after episode one, I would say that, yeah, at least one of those lessons absolutely did not sink in. <laughs> right, exactly. She did. She certainly learned to say no and not get involved, but she also <laughs> never really got the humility she needed, I guess. Like, it was kind of weird. 
It's like she opens almost every episode with, who is this wonderful young lady? It's so beautiful that something, something, something. And it's like, why, it's me. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was like the best part. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode. She goes into the freaking truth teller land and is like, I have a twisted personality, not. And it's like, <laughs> I know. Like, I am on. secretly ugly. Just kidding. The most beautiful ever. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I appreciated the bit of characterization they were trying to give her. Like, it's all right to have, you know, a main character that thinks a little too highly of themselves. You know, part of that lesson in the first episode was supposed to be, yeah, going, you know, taking her down a little bit and at least, you know, showing that just because she is the best that she's ever seen doesn't mean that there aren't bigger fish. And even if she still stayed a little bit arrogant, that would have been okay. But I don't know, just... It never really seemed like she dialed it back from, you know, her aloof self-centeredness. Yeah, then that would be the, you know, the rest of the show, which I think we can get into the cons at this point. Like, everything (laughs) else, kind of a mess. Like, starting with just squandering all your episode one goodwill pretty rapidly. Like, certainly Mm. by episode three, like, when that hits, you're just like, what is even happening? Yeah. Yeah, the, show is, of- the show's got massive problems. I agree. Sorry, Dan. I just really wanted to touch on your, your piece one more time. I Elena's terrible. I mean, I know you're trying to like gently put it, but she's she's self-centered. She's greedy. She's unkind in a way I really can't get behind, which I'll expand upon as we talk about some of the vignettes mm. we watched. But, you know, I even did mentally, I did the sexism test too. And I was like, if this character was male, you know, what... Would I feel the same way? Absolutely. It doesn't matter that she's female. Like it's it's irrelevant. The traits they gave this character are awful. She's just mm. a really terrible character to follow. I mean, I have to agree because she was and I get that the main character being the least interesting part of the story is something that, you know, kind of happens now again in, like, vignette-type shows where every episode is more or less a completely self-contained story. The only thing carrying through is the viewer or the uh, point-of-view character, the I surrogate. should say. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, Kino from Kino's Journey, because the comparison's super easy here, is also a fairly unremarkable character for the majority of the show. There's mystery to them, and there's, you know, interesting bits that we catch, especially as the show goes on, but they're not the focus, and that's okay. They're, like, kind of deliberate neutrality helps in that case because the places they go are fascinating enough on their own to be worth the price of admission, at least if you enjoy that type of show. Elena is constantly getting in the way of the story that she's supposed to be observing. She always gets dragged into it or forces herself into the middle of it, despite her ostensibly supposed to be, you know, like a neutral observer, someone who's just traveling and, you know, seeing the sights and all of that. And the personality bits that they do give her, which are, you know, self-centered, arrogant, holier-than-thou, all that kind of stuff, are just annoying. So, yeah, you're really just not left with a very fun character to follow. Well, I have a, God, I a lot to say on this. Oh, I'm sorry, Brendan. Please. I remember watching the episode with the wall. And at the very tail end, she comes in and she's like, oh, I guess the wall's not here anymore. And then, like, asks the two village people, uh, the leaders of the two villages that were on either side of it, which side had the most likes. And I I actually hit pause on the video <laughs> and, like, stood up because, I'm God, I can't. If, 
if she undoes all the progress that was made like I, I don't know if i could finish watching it was only after i realized that there was two titles to the episode so the end of this one had to be fast enough that that wouldn't happen <laughs> I, sat down and I was like okay oh goodness okay let's go i had the exact same thought i was like if, she better not undo the, the good thing that's happened here and like thankfully you know she didn't uh but it was a near it was thing sort of, it sort of definitely put like you know on display like she's not here to solve problems or like Go, she's basically here up as a tourist, an mm. annoying tourist, like to see things that she's read about. Uh, and that, that episode really drove it home. Yeah, she just barges into everyone else's lives, stirs up trouble, and then leaves. Yeah, sometimes she gets food and leaves. That's like her whole thing. Pretty much. Yeah, she totally does that. That happens. I I guess I have significantly bigger problems with, with what this show is trying to do as a whole, right? Like when you tell a story with vignettes behind it, I'm used to it going one of three directions i personally feel like there are three directions you show the viewer fantastic locales and your character is really just a vehicle a la kino's journey right fantastic locales with a moral that kind of stuff you could the other way around is to take a character right on a grow a journey of growth or descent a la brendan like join my my friend sith team and the locales or the morals or whatever they really just sort of perpetuate this this character if you're really really good you can somehow go down the middle and do both i don't have a great example on hand but i think that's that's possible if you're quite skilled elena has proven to me that there's a fourth route which is to just be trash <laughs> like you, you don't do any of these things you turn around and you walk in the other direction or like circle around all of these possibilities and you're just bad and dan almost to your point like her being neutral was never totally clear either. I remember talking to Scott at one point on our chats and I was like, what the hell is she doing? Like, what is yeah. her purpose in flying around and yeah. seeing these places? Like, I thought it was because we were going to go on the, the growth journey, right? She was like, oh, I was kind of arrogant in episode one. And like, now that I'm a witch, I want to see what other witches do or I want to go to these other places. Or like she was inspired by that witch in the stories and like maybe she wants to, you know, follow in their footsteps so that she can become like them and right. learn that, oh, maybe it's not that great. Or maybe, hey, I've discovered my own way of, you know, being happy or any of those kinds of things. But no. 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 And then Scott, I think you thought later on the point was to just visit everywhere Nike is visited. Exactly. Right. Like it seems like in many cases, it seems like she is just a tourist following Nike's footsteps. Not always, but often. Yeah, it was, oh man, it was garbage. Yeah, because it's like, you both have uninteresting locales, like the episodes aren't very good. Right. And also the character never grows, so you... Right, you just, you circumvented the whole thing. You 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 just were, were trash. I completely agree. But before we get into some of the, I think, episodes and, and dissecting a couple of them, which were unbelievably bad, Brendan, did you want to say some more about Saya? Because I hate Saya. <laughs> Holy mac and cheese. So, and the worst part is not only that they, they have Saya as a character, but then they went the extra mile in the last episode and made Saya's sister, the second to last episode, rather. Oh, my God. Uh, it's just It would why? purely like, been a plot point the first time. Obsessive characters are, I, I, just, I can't handle them, man. It, the, the whole, does she count as Yandere? I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit a bridge too far, but she's definitely something and it's, it's just like why like especially because th they met randomly 
or, or they didn't even meet randomly, but she like you saw her flying in the air. I was like, I will crash into this woman <laughs> so oh, that I yeah, can stalk her forever. Like, why? <laughs> what about this person caused this? It's uh. it's so it's a it's a bad trope, and b it's so lazy in its execution. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, as far as I can tell, she purely she purely fell in love with her because Elaine is the protagonist. That is literally the only reason I can find. Well, don't worry, Brian. They've learned their lesson. Uh, with, at the at the last end of the last episode, they have her bump into another random character and like have a pitch for season two. Just <laughs> like, oh look, I bumped into a person. Great. And the best go part on is a journey later her name is Amnesia. Just to oh, like, yeah, right. oh my just lord, just to stab you right in the heart. You're like, oh, the laziest Must of we. writing. We are. Must we? We are really laying all our cards out on the table right now, are we? Yeah, this is garbage. Just garbage. Yeah, actually, it's. It's interesting that you mentioned obsessive characters because it's not just Saya's sister and Saya. It's also like several other characters in the show. Like not characters. I guess we'll call them like minor, you know, one episode types. Like the hair ripper lady was like obsessive. And I feel like there was another person who was like similar. The the fetish episode, Scott, with the wine. (laughs) Yes, the, the, the fetish wine episode. Like the obsessive thing seems to be like a major through line in the show. Uh, at one point, we and actually other news outlets like Anime News Network have made a big deal out of the creator of the show saying, you know, please don't show the character's panties. We were like, oh, what a, what a laudable goal. Apparently this is because, you know, that's just too pedestrian. It would take time away from pandering to more niche fetishes. <laughs> I was, as we grew to learn over the course of watching the show. Like after episode two, I just had to ask myself, why was he scared? Of the, of the panty shots? Yeah, well, that is... no, like I said, I don't, I don't think he's scared. I don't scared. think, he's, I think he's like this will waste good time I have to do with other. I have, I have wine plans. <laughs> I honestly don't, don't waste my time with panic. I Think the other problem too, Brendan, was he was as obsessed with Elena as she was with herself. Mm. He was just like Elena's too beautiful for that. Like she she can't be degraded by panty shots. She needs to like who is this amazing character that I have drawn in my light novel? Why it's Elena. I mean, the way that the article that I read went down was basically that he was trying to just economize it. Mm-hmm. Make, Wanted like, to make if it, it wasn't for all as if it wasn't as lowbrow trash as as you know persistent penny shots, then he could sell it to a wider audience. Congratulations, Which, you're yes, still but... lowbrow trash. <laughs> yeah, like, but then you have a character saying out loud, "This this is fetishism about the wine thing." Like, maybe Japan just lets you sell things to kids differently, but. It doesn't seem like you're going to get a wide audience. And also some of the, you know, some of the episodes, which as Sue mentioned, we want to get into a few specifics of, are like really dark, like deceptively dark. I really felt duped by the first episode, considering that while I won't exactly call it like super light and fluffy in tone, was not, you know, was not going, was not leading me to believe that I was going to get into something where a character's head gets popped clean off. I will say... I wasn't prepared for that either, but in I believe it was either in that same article about the don't show the panties or in another one, the I had read that the author was going to have stories where not everything worked out. I believe that was their exact phrasing. Like you're going to uh-huh. end up with vignettes where it doesn't have a happy ending. So I was actually mm. prepared a little more for that tone shifting, but I agree with you. It's not... A natural tone shift it's a mess and i yeah it's definitely it is a tonal mess it's a tonal right. mess and i i actually want to take it first because i think mine please mine yeah. came up first being episode four with with mira rose and and it's like the princess without a kingdom 
It's something what's like something like that. Something so, along those lines. This one was disastrous because it plays on the idea of, you know, the sad puppy in the rain thing, which is what I'll call it. They they have this princess, spoiler alert. It turns out that, you know, she's fighting this monster, this giant monster that's eating people in the town and it's just totally destroyed the entire kingdom and she's given up her memory for the magic power to defeat this thing. And then it turns out that what she really gave up her memory for was to transform the king, aka her father, into this monster and then let him keep his consciousness while he wandered around helpless and like mentally knowing that he's eating all of his citizens and burning down his own kingdom. All because she had an affair with the cook and he burned the cook at the stake and supposedly took and potentially killed her child. And I was like, okay, well that's obviously awful, but because you showed it all to me in a rapid six second flashback, I have <laughs> practically no emotional stake in this entire story. And then the lazy writing was just like, don't you, don't you feel bad? Like, shouldn't you be conflicted by Mira Rose's choice? And I'm like, maybe I would if this were a two-parter where I felt something or Elena feels something. And then, you know, like Scott had mentioned earlier, Elena just like flies off at the end after she goes nuts or something and is like, well, that was odd. You know, not gonna... Gotta go. Gotta go. Pretty and much. what really crushed me was later... In the Truth Teller episode, Brendan's episode eight, maybe. The she, best episode. I think it was six. Six. She brings this up again, totally just off the the cuff as like a sly remark because the, the, the witch there has given up her voice in order to be able to help this, you know, jerk face king of the, the kingdom. And she just offhandedly goes, man, what is it with these witches and giving up something big to cast a magic spell. Jeez. And I was like, you went to a kingdom where, for the sake of revenge, a woman gave up her entire kingdom, scorned her father, turned him into a monster, killed everybody, like basically murdered thousands of people, and is now crazy and eating dinner with her imaginary family. And you off the cuff just go, kids these days and their magic <laughs> spells that they give away their memories for. And I was like, you self-centered bitch. Like, holy moly. That really got under my skin really bad. I was like, I'm not pretending that episode was very moving or anything. But in world, you would have thought Elena, who is this self-absorbed, pampered little girl from, you know, beautiful village a in the countryside would be mortified having lived through this no she takes nothing away from this and in fact she takes nothing away from anything yeah like there was like the other episode the one the the time travel one oh. she comes back to the present and she's like oh i feel really bad i couldn't do anything like oh I, I'm, I'm i'm frustrated and, and sad and we're like, oh wow, maybe maybe Lena's gonna learn something. Yeah, and like the next episode cry. was just like the next episode was just another episode. Like it it did not make any impact that lasted beyond the last you know twenty seconds of that episode. As controversial as it's gonna be, I will stick up for nine only because in the pantheon of Elena episodes, it was self-contained. 
It told its story closed. Elena actually got affected. And just to counter your point, it does come back in episode 12. It has no meaning when they drop it. Oh, but it was the that's only fair. episode where it could have affected Elena and made her grow as a person. But the storytelling is such garbage, they couldn't pull it off. I thought or it was weird that she deliberately altered. provoked her doppelganger by saying that it didn't have any impact at all. Or at least that's what I felt like there was a beat right there. That's what I thought was happening. I have a really poor sense motive role, so maybe she actually <laughs> didn't take anything away from it when it was just flaunting it. It's quite I, possible. With her, I, it's yeah, impossible I, I to tell. I never know with her. Uh, yeah, no, exactly, because there's nothing carry through. There's no lesson being learned. The morals that are given are either so blatantly obvious or so stretched thin that they don't really have an impact. Like uh, Sue's example from episode four is a good one. The whole, you know, oh, you can't change the past or like trying to change the past will only make things worse uh, from nine. Um, what was it from? Was it two? Was it two or three? Where it's just like, well, some people are just going to be sex slaves. I guess that's our Oh my our gosh, moral. that was episode two. That's, that's three. three. Or was it? No, it was, it was three. It was, it was three. three. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're Scott, right. you got all the half episodes. <laughs> the half and yeah. halves. Right. And that was just like, that was the tone shift that I really wasn't like quite prepared for. Where I was just, maybe this is like, this is what they were talking about, where things are not going to end happily. Because she, she wanted to do something right there. When she found out about this, you know, this sheltered kid and all of that, she wanted to do something. It was all over. And then she didn't. And it's implied that, like, awful things happened after the fact. But it's it's never explained, like you said, it's never explained why she goes through this, this like, there's no vow of neutrality. There's no explanation. It's like, oh, witches are not supposed to interfere with the workings of other kingdoms. It's like, witches go around and get hired. Like, they're, they yeah, like, do witches, jobs. Witches are trained by the state. Like, yeah. they are theoretically of benefit to society right and uh, in that actually you know what in that one kingdom that you see a, them doing everything and being yeah. just kind of like civil servants and that was kind of neat but again that very much at odds with some of the other really dark moments and not in a way actually, like it was intended to juxtapose or anything it just seemed like they were they were written by completely different teams yeah and maybe they were like there are shows that are done like that we had a there's a fun thought exercise can you think of any episode in which the existence of magic is a benefit? Like, in almost all cases that we can, I, I can think of, it's either negative or at best neutral. <laughs> With maybe the exception of the, the Magicians as Civil Servants episode. I was going to say, that's the only one I can think of where magic, by and large, has any sort of positive uh, effect. Right, which is, it's, I don't know, it's such a weird message. Right. Like, your, your show's about witches and how exploring things is cool. And then it's like episode three, magic basically either doesn't help, uh, but it's like neutral. Magic doesn't do anything. Uh, or like episode four, magic is a real disaster and killed an entire kingdom. <laughs> I forget about episode, which, which what happened in episode five. Like you just kind of go through it and it's like, man, magic doesn't do anything good. Yeah, I think... I think I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, to to add to that, Scott, the magic as a whole in this show makes no sense. Like I'm I'm all I'm totally cool with soft world building. I am. But somebody left that world building in the microwave way too long and it just melted. Like it's it's not soft butter, it's it's completely melted. And none of it none of it adds up. You're right, none of it's 
good per se and yet there's there's magicians that have jobs but then the way elena reacts to everything i began to get worried that like mag magicians only look out for themselves like witches only help themselves like what else who else do they influence and i still don't know how mage country works no not at all yeah what, what a disappointment Go to mage country, the land where the, where only mages are let in. Spend the entire thing doing nothing related to that. <laughs> right, like that didn't that didn't go anywhere. And in general, like I, I think the overarching idea for for me was none of these vignettes had any heart to them whatsoever. Especially because they were all singular episodes. They tried mm. to tell this story in twenty minutes. They did not have the skill to do so. And or 10. it was just a disaster. Or worse, they tried to tell it in, what, like seven or eight minutes to fit two stories yeah, like, in. The the evil plant story was like seven minutes long. Wow. I'm like, really? Well, that and was nothing happens. Oh, my gosh. And then the implications of it, right? You're like, is that kingdom just going to be overrun by zombies and she flies away in the end? Like, what happened to cast fireball level seven? Just yeah. burn that place to the ground. Burn that why flower did we field. Spend, why did we spend a third of episode one teaching you combat magic, which already raised a few eyebrows from me when I was watching it, and that was when I was enjoying it. Why does episode two reveal that the way to even become an apprentice witch is to trial by combat battle royale? Right. Yeah, that is weird. Like, they have all these details and, like, these little graphics being like, here's how you become an apprentice and a master witch and all this other stuff. And then, like, it, like, never comes up or matters other than to raise questions about, like, why do all mages need to be good at combat? You know it's why, Scott? It's almost as if... <laughs> There's just enough detail that nothing makes sense. Yes! yes. My favorite. Uh, so true. That is absolutely the case. Like, we're given all these little bits that would be, you know, interesting world building, but are just, they never, they're never used, they're never used to form the bones of anything, and the things that are, are either kind of flippantly thrown away, like the whole, the whole thing about the land of mages, where it's like, oh, mages are like, you know, the, the rulers in this, in this kingdom, and everything is catered to them. Like, you'd think, oh, maybe this is going to teach us more about mage society, or maybe this is an outlier, and most mages are, are you know, more of these civil servant types. No. Again, like you said, Brendan, they don't do anything with it. They create that world building purely to give a reason for Elena to be stuck with this other witch looking for this random bauble of hers. And I know that it's more important than that, but it doesn't... It just feels like every single episode where they introduce an interesting element, that element is used as an excuse to get things started and then never built upon. Oh man, yeah. So that the one of the final episodes, right there, the last the last two before the final, they basically have the, the the town of freedom or whatever it's called, where like there's this this bandit gang, uh, and like they have to beat him up basically. And like they introduce this really interesting idea that there are these items that have magic-like effects but are not magic. So all the bandits use these cool items to like trick mages or beat them up or, or whatever. Like level it's the how playing they, field. It's how they level the playing field. And I was like, oh, are we gonna get into that? Like not at all. Like as soon as any main character or main character adjacent person shows up, the bandits are instantly defeated off camera. Like between scenes, all of them are rounded up twice like in two different episodes scott stop whining you, you got even... an amazing plot with an aphrodisiac 
potion and uh, incestuous obsessive characters. Just what you and Brendan have always wanted. It's and just body what I was swapping. Looking forward to. Your favorite. Uh, body swapping. Yeah, like truly the moment at which you know you've run out of ideas. Like what what was even like why even introduce this neat idea about these items and then have them not even come up as soon as any main character shows up? It's just silly. I don't. Yeah, they, they just, I don't they just know. squander every idea they've ever had. It did I feel like that. How, I agree. I wonder how much of this is like translation, not not translation necessarily, but like um, compression from it, source material. Compression from source material, maybe in the book because you know you're going at your own pace. There's maybe more sidelines and diversions where it's like, oh hey, you know, let me you know do the do the whole like 19th century French writer thing. It's like, now let me tell you this story about this one town on the Northern coast that, you know, is really famous for like this exact one thing, but is only ever brought up as like a footnote to the actual story. Maybe the books are like that and it makes more sense in context or in the original context and it didn't translate out. I don't know. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's really hard when the final result is just so messy. Mm. Yeah, I'm not giving them benefit of the doubt anymore. They just, they just, they just aren't good. Yeah. yeah, it's it's messy. It's poorly written. It has bad characters. I mean, this is this is a real dud we picked. We're getting yeah, back to which our is roots. Too bad because like the one episode we get to see like uh, Sheila and and whatever her Fran. name was, like Fran, Fran and Sheila. That was pretty good. Mm. Like it wasn't in absolute terms an amazing episode of anime, but it was pretty good. It was okay. Yeah, like, why can't we just, I just, I would just watch, I mean, not that I would really want to watch more in this universe, but, like, if we were to watch something, why couldn't it be them two and not Elena? <laughs> I would 100% agree. Like, Yankee and friggin' Fran ripping it up all around town, solving dumb mysteries. I am in for this right. show. Like, Sheila alone is a much better character than, than Elena, and, like, Fran was pretty good, too. Like, they, it's a great team. Just go follow them. Boy, they. So we 100% recommend this show. Absolutely watch it. <laughs> what have we done? You know, we were due for a bad show, guys. We had a lot yeah. of great ones in a row recently with it our rolling reviews. It had been a while. Yeah. yeah. We were due for something terrible, and this was it. Actually, we have really bad luck with witch-related shows. We're one for three on good witch material. Oh, poor Isabel. I know. Yeah. Which also had an amazing first episode to three episodes and then just sort of fell down the drain. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully, Little Witch Academia kind of balanced the scales a little bit. Yeah, but that even was fun. so. Ah. Kind of, yeah. Anyway. Well, we're well, sorry we that we picked a uh, rough one this time, guys. <laughs> That's all right. We got to say lots of funny things about it. And wow, it's, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And not yeah, the good kind of bad. 100% avoid this show. Yeah, just honestly boring bad. I mean, there's things to rip into, but I don't know. Don't recommend it if you're looking for an enjoyable show, certainly. All right. Well, that's all she wrote, and hopefully we pick a better show for our next rolling review. Let's hope so.